Hello, you are listening to Deeply Curious. My name is Cody Jensen, and joining me in our New York City studio apartment is my wife, Sarah. Hello. This podcast is all about us exploring the things that we are curious about in the moment. The yes. things that are going through our head, we're just having conversations, and typically, we get deep. Typically. Yeah, sometimes we say, like, I would say that like last week's episode of Michelle, we had some deep moments, but we tried, we were just having a fun conversation. Yeah. And sometimes it gets pretty heavy. Yeah. Um, I think this episode is going to be on the heavier side. I think so too. <laughs> um, we've been asking a lot of questions. If we, you guys couldn't tell, yeah. <laughs> I feel like we've been talking about or skirting around these questions kind of a lot lately. Yeah. So we're just going to be talking about consumerism. Yeah. Um, and minimalism, because I think those kind of go hand in hand a little bit um if you have watched our apartment tour video which i would assume that 98 (laughs) percent of our listening audience has yeah you will have already known or you know assumed that we were minimalistic at least yeah i wouldn't put ourselves in the or maybe there's tiers of minimalism I'm not sure which tier we are, but it's not the extreme well, minimalism. I would say that we're minimalist. We just have a problem with labeling ourselves anything. Well, yes, I do have a problem with labels, but also a minimalist doesn't have like 500 books, you know? Hmm. So I, I don't really know where to place myself. <laughs> yeah. Mostly minimal, except for a little bit of things. Yeah. <laughs> well, this podcast is also brought to you by a special announcement that we will be having at the end of this episode yes it is we will start having a um a new thing we'll be talking about in Mm -hmm. at the front of the show um, and who this podcast is produced by but we're going to save that announcement until after the conversation because the conversation basically gives it context yes you got to know what we're talking about before the announcement yeah so uh, let's just jump into the conversation. Let's do it. And then we'll announce the announcement. <laughs> the, Stay the tuned. Now, the now you're on the edge of your seat <laughs> for what could it possibly be? Yeah. Um, okay. So two episodes ago, we had the conversation about work-life balance. No. What were we talking Social about? Social media yes. mostly. Yes. Um, Which went into kind of like the advertising commercialism consumerism conversation basically that was that that conversation came out naturally because that is naturally what we are talking that's what we were thinking about that's what we are talking about uh to each other when we're not on record yeah well and because i think also consumerism isn't just um what we normally think of consumerism is purchasing products Mm -hmm. or whatever which is obviously consumerism but consumerism is more than that and so on that subject of social media you're consuming the internet you're consuming memes and whatever so i think maybe it just is a natural conversation to go hand in hand with social media yeah and advertising so we're gonna we're gonna expound yeah on that conversation yes just thinking about internet culture and real life culture mm-hmm. and essentially we are to a a place in the world in 2019 we are now in this place of having 
no public space free from commercial intent. Right. So if you, you rarely can go to a, just a, 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 um, a place of gathering, I guess, like yeah. a, just a common place where humans can gather, where in that space there is, it is completely free of, of commercial intent. Right. And that has spread to the internet. Yeah. And, um, you know, like when the internet first started, there was pure forms of, of the internet, I suppose. Right. People had, let's say, blogs that were just blogs. They were literally, there was no, you know, commercial intent behind it. They weren't making money. It was, it was a pure outlet right. of sharing. And you could go to that, you know, public space and you could consume and contribute to that art that was again completely free of commercial intent and and it was i i guess i would use the word pure yeah um it was more community driven right but the internet has brought attention in the same way that in real life if a lot of people gather in a certain place advertisers use that opportunity mm-hmm. with you know whenever a whole bunch of eyeballs are in one spot advertisers see that as the perfect opportunity to show you something that you should buy right so you prime know, example super bowl right there's a reason super bowl commercials are talked about so much right it's because there's however many millions of people who watch super bowl they're the most important commercials right of the year and you have they're playing mm-hmm. in the Mercedes, right. you know, Superdome. Yeah. Everything is an they, AT&T building right. or <laughs> So there's that. I mean, we're all pretty familiar with that. Yeah. But it's like they're playing in the Mercedes Superdome and then this is the I don't even remember what it was, but the you know the, the AT&T halftime report. Right. You know, the you know whatever it is, it's like every single thing that could possibly be branded is, is branded. branded. It's like there's some company that, you know, this whatever presented by. Um, mm-hmm. And so the it, just back to the point of that, there is clear commercial power in the attention mm-hmm. that something brings the Internet specifically. So the Internet has done a very, very good job of bringing a lot of eyeballs to one thing. Obviously. Yes. Yeah. So. There is clear commercial power to that uh, attention that the internet is getting, and its ability to get you know a lot of eyeballs on on in in one place. And so, whenever that happens, i.e., Instagram, right, something like that, you know, it starts out as a photo sharing some, platform, somewhat pure platform. Yes, I would say it was. I mean, but Instagram, the company. I don't, they didn't start Instagram to not make money. It's not like they were like, well, we, you know, it's, it's not like the, uh, Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak thing where like, it's just Steve Wozniak in his bedroom, you know, thinking up Instagram, thinking I'm just going to make the world a better place and this is going to be completely open source and I'm not going to get any sort of financial, um, benefit from it. Right. It's not how Instagram started. So there was commercial intent, but at the same time it was created for, more in a pure way that people can just share things. But because 
eyeballs were attracted to this thing and somebody may have 50,000, 100,000, now millions Mm -hmm. of followers and getting active engagement of tens of thousands of people per photo. Right. You know, McDonald's sees that and they're like, okay, so we pay this many thousands of dollars for this billboard on the road. Mm -hmm. This person, and whenever we post on Instagram, we get, you know, a a thousand likes, but this person's getting 20,000 likes per photo. Why don't we just pay them to post a photo Mm -hmm. and then we get 20,000, you know, eyeballs and like uh, sets of eyeballs on on our thing. And so anyways, we live in a capitalistic world. Right. Where it is very difficult to remove commercial intent out of art, I would say. Yeah, anything that <laughs> that's good. <laughs> I yeah, it's it's very difficult to and I I do want to preface and say obviously like I understand why it is the way it is. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm not like crazy socialist or whatever i mean maybe i don't know i've never lived in a socialist (laughs) society so i'm not really sure but you know what i mean like i'm yeah it's just the fact that the american economy yeah and our uh cultural systems work very well yeah for commercial intent for business for business it works really well at selling people products right but what it does not do well is teach us how to live well. Right. It doesn't it doesn't give us a place to share pure and uh, authentic beliefs and uh, viewpoints so that we can basically learn from each other what it is right. to live a meaningful life because again the our culture is set up to sell things to people. Right. And and we, as people, sell our um, time and audience and whatever because everyone has to pay the bills. And I get it. I really do. But it's it's just – it's kind of a, I think, a little bit of a broken system. Oh, yeah. You know? And, like, I think for the I, – I think mostly it's just that I don't even know if I, I – I'm kind of having a hard time figuring out what exactly I want to say. But I think there's a reason there's so many jokes about um, people selling to other people on the internet Mm -hmm. and like, um, oh, they pretend to love something so that you'll buy it. And, you know, like there's a reason there are so many jokes out there. And so I feel like it's very, it can be very um, muddy Mm -hmm. and diluted and, Nobody even really knows what's true. (laughs) You know what I mean? You know what's interesting about that is I was listening to something this week and I don't remember exactly what it was, but they were talking about how nobody actually uses the term sellout anymore. Yeah. That's not something because it used to be, Hmm. you know, if, you know, whatever it was, it's like, well, they're just a sellout. Yeah. But. Because everybody is a sellout now. Like people will sell their audience. At, right, you know, they'll have a thousand followers and they'll sell their audience. Like they would, they would much rather get the free stuff from the company. Yeah. Than to, uh, you know, whatever the opposite of that is. Like, right. you know what I mean? Like it's just, we just don't, 
it's not even really an insult to call people a sellout anymore because everybody wants to be a sellout. Yeah. Well, because it's all about money, right? Mm -hmm. Like everything, which again, we touched on this in the social media podcast, but everything about advertising is about money. It's about how much can I get to further my own ambitions. And like I said, it's not that I don't understand or that I don't get it because we live in America. That's what America is. But there's something so like it it just kind of is gross a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. Um, That's interesting about the seller. I never even considered that. I mean, I think that that is something that we've even talked about sellouts on this podcast. So I, I think that is something that we still think about i think because again we because of our inner moral compass Mm -hmm. that we are trying to follow our specific belief systems and moral compass again that you know that that we are trying to follow has led us to reject the modern standard of what it means to be a artist in today's culture, I guess. Yeah. Um, and something a second ago that reminded, reminded me of a quote from David Foster Wallace mm-hmm. that I think so poignantly uh, wraps up. That's David Foster Wallace uh, yes. for you. Um, David Foster Wallace died in 2008. Right. The first, the iPhone did not come out until 2007. Right. So... He, he said was, this before. Right. He <laughs> was way ahead of the curve. He he saw the direction of what we were doing before we even had the entire life of having tiny computer screens in our pockets connected to all of the numerous social media apps. Right. None of that was even a thing yet. Right. Um, or it was a, a budding thing whenever he died. Right. So this was, you know, before that. And theory that in 10 years from now we're going to spend increasingly more amounts of time staring at screens listening to people who don't love us and want to sell us something yes and i mean that is literally that just describes today Mm -hmm. it could not be more true i think and i think i think maybe that's it like what i was trying to say a little bit ago is just like the whole there's a reason there's so many jokes about like influencers or whatever you want to say right like (laughs) because it's true and i like i said it's not that i don't understand it it just grosses me out a little more so than like walking by and seeing a billboard yeah i mean i think it grosses you out not that instagram serves ads right it is that instagram is turning what you would want to be art right into consumers yes it's it's not about being served ads that's true because i again i understand how things work and i get advertising but yes i think it just it corrupts things and i think right most of american life <laughs> is kind of corrupted at the moment and i think the david foster wallace quote is proof like we're sitting here listening to people who don't love us, mm-hmm. but want us to spend our money on something. Right. That's it. Yeah. And, and I, that is corrupt in whichever way you look at it. I don't, it's corrupt. 
So which corrupt might be a harsh word. I'm not sure, but it just feels broken. It feels yeah. like a broken system. Right. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a very great system. It is a uh, I mean, it, it, is, it, it is a system that works very, very well at selling people things. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously has a lot of opportunity in it, too. Like, there's a reason <laughs> it's thriving. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? There's a lot of money to be made. Right. Um, but that doesn't mean it's good. Yeah. Just FYI. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, is is the is the goal to have as many people possible buying things all the time? Right. You know, everybody can answer that question to, for themselves, but... I will say for me, no. Right. I think that that is a terrible goal. I think that that is disgusting. And I think I reject it with everything that I am. <laughs> I think that consumerism is one of the the biggest problems in America, Western Europe, like this, mm -hmm. These, you know, our culture of consumerism, I think is so toxic. It's also really bad for the environment. It's, yeah, it's... We could get in a whole conversation about how, you know, what consumerism does for the planet. Right. Um, but I, I more care about what it does for the individual. Right. Like, yes, the consumerism is a massive contributor to, you know. Right. Global warming, the, you know, everything that is. Pollution. You know, and pollution, all, all of that type of stuff. And there was a stat. Let me find it real quick. Uh, right here. So the U.S. and Western Europe make up only 12% of the global population. Okay. Also, this was something I was curious about, or like that just got me curious this week, is whenever I read this stat and realized that only 4% of the world's population, mm -hmm. four, it's like between four and 5% of the world's population are American, live in the United States. Yeah. That's insane. Like, think about how highly we regard ourselves <laughs> as America. <laughs> How we think that we are the world. Yeah. The world is nothing without us. We we're America. Yeah. You know, and not only are we one of the youngest countries in the world, um, but we only make up we'll <laughs> we'll be generous and say five percent of the entire world. Yeah. But the US and Western Europe combined make up only twelve percent of the entire world's population, and we account for sixty percent of private consumption. That's crazy. 12% of the world consume 60% of the world's things. <laughs> things. Just things. Like, that's insane. It is insane. And consumerism is, it's so funny because... The more you consume, the more you need to consume. Right. And so capitalism and consumerism... It's a, you know, obviously it's an amazing system that sells goods. Yeah. Um, it, it has done America very well. Right. Um, well, that's why America does feel like we're so amazing is because we are so rich mm -hmm. because we keep where we've done a very good job at convincing people they need things. Right. But <laughs> the ways in which capitalism and consumerism doesn't work is the things that are much more difficult to talk about. Right. The things that, uh, well, one, create anxiety and tension and depression mm -hmm. in basically contribute to the unhappiness of 
the individual. Right. It's like, yes, we want a strong economy. Right. Obviously. Obviously. Nobody wants a weak economy. Like that sucks. Right. To live in a, in a place that has, that is like struggling to survive as a nation. Right. But we also have to recognize and be aware, be self-aware of the detrimental effects it has on the personal psyche, on on our well-being, on contributing right. to our unhappiness. And because America is also one of the saddest countries, one right. of the loneliest countries. And that's what's like the paradox of that unhappiness mm-hmm. and that depression and that anxiety is that makes us easier to market to. Right. It actually makes us easier to sell to. The more depressed, the more anxious feel, filled, the more unhappy that you feel, the easier it is. The more you will seek things to make To it sell better. things to you. Yeah. Because like we were talking about in that uh, podcast about social media, because it's all about creating the environment where you feel like you are unfulfilled, where you feel like there is something missing in your life. And the thing that can fix Right. That hole, the thing that can fulfill, make you happy, re- reduce your anxiety, you know, make you uh, not depressed anymore is to buy things, is to buy, you know, whether that is to buy this medication or right. to buy this sweatshirt, buy this face cream, buy this these shoes. It's all about making you feel like your life is incomplete unless you buy this thing. Yeah, I think um, it is a paradox and it's very... I I don't even know, (laughs) like, I don't know a solution. I don't know, obviously, I don't know, like, what's right or what's wrong, Mm -hmm. right? Like, because like you said, it's not like you want to live in a weak economy. I'm very grateful. While I do think I have a lot of um, questions and concerns about America, um, I'm grateful to live here, right? Like, I'm lucky, and I know that. But I can't really ignore, like, how I feel. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, like, on a day-to-day basis, how I'm I'm just bombarded and, like, overwhelmed by everything that's happening. So I I don't really know. I don't really know, I guess. But I think – I do think that it's – the most important is that we talk about it. Right. I think um, the most important is that people become self-aware and, you know, make conscious decisions based on that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. It's not just, it's not like purchasing for the sake of purchasing, but like making a conscious decision of why you're purchasing this thing right. um, or whatever. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know if there's really a solution. I mean, there is no grand solution. There's no heroic. Yeah, there's individual solutions, I guess. There's no like heroic solution, which David Foster Wallace talks about that too, about how America is like obsessed with, you know, flashy, sexy things and about this like hero, like istic like mentality of America's we all want to be the hero type thing. Yeah. And so the solution for consumerism is not grand. It's boring. Yeah. It's individual. Like what it is, is not buying as much stuff. Right. Not consuming as much as many things. 
Right. Like that is the, that's the solution to, you know, consumerism is, it's personal. Yeah. But you have, and I think that it is so freeing and so valuable to actually make your way towards a, I don't know, I'll say minimal because I can't think of another word, but I'm not saying that everybody needs to be a minimalist. Right. I'm saying intentional, intentional with your purchases and not being a slave to the consumeristic capitalistic society, not being a slave to the man of America. Right. Like, you know, it's like consumerism operates the same as a drug. Right. That you have these uh, corporate capitalistic, you know, entities mm-hmm. that are creating again the the void, which we all have this void, regardless if they if they create the void or not. We all have a void inside of us, right? And if you don't, there are things you can fill it with to varying degrees of success, right? And one of those things that you can try to fill that void with is product with things with, with stuff things, yeah. just just buying things and uh corporations not only um don't care about that they use it to their own advantage right and they say yes you do have a void and here's another void that you may have here's what another thing you may be scared of here's another thing that you haven't thought about that you need like that you don't have in your life that you actually need right and even worse is that consumerism operates in the same way that a drug would, that it only works for a certain amount of time. Right. And then you come down. And then it And gra- when you right. come down, you're more depressed. So what do you do? You find a thing that's a little bit stronger. Right. And it gradually goes away and it stops being uh, that. Yeah, it, it stops being the fact that I want to do this mm-hmm. to I need to I do think, this. Yeah, I think what it oh, you're your body, your mind, whatever becomes immune. And so you need something a little stronger mm-hmm. and then you need something a little stronger and then you need something a little stronger until nothing works. Right. <laughs> until you spent all your money, mm-hmm. you're in debt or, you know, whatever, whatever that could lead to. Right. It may not literally ruin your life. Like right. there are shopaholics. Like it's somebody who there is, they yes. will, they will, ruin their life obviously in the same in everything in everything there is that that you know there can be that right that's not really what i'm talking about because i don't think that that yes that is dangerous for that person but i think the danger for everybody as a whole is is just thinking that it's okay yeah i think to willingly participate in a system that's a little broken without without knowing why right and and I, I would say, I think maybe you said this in, in that social media podcast, that you are participating yeah. in a system that you haven't agreed to all the terms because you don't know. Like you aren't aware right. that you are being manipulated into this situation, not that you actually want to be in this situation, is that the entire culture that we live in is manipulating you into being a consumer. That's the right. number one thing that culture wants you to be is to be a consumer. Right. And- there's a huge shift in moving from I want that thing to I need that thing. Right. And a lot of problems in life are 
come whenever we confuse what we want with what we need. Yeah, totally. I guess I'll use another David Foster Wallace, um, I guess, kind of mentality or a quote to set up the next thing I want to talk about. And he talks about how we all worship. Yes, and I love this quote. We all have a religious impulse in us and we can't choose like no we can choose we can choose to an extent what we worship right but the myth is that we worship nothing the myth is that you can choose to worship nothing and give ourselves away to nothing Mm -hmm. and it's like he says it it simply sets ourselves up to give ourselves away to something different Mm -hmm. for instance pleasure or drugs, or the idea that having a lot of money is, you know, that's what we're worshiping. Mm -hmm. And I think that that, for me, is where all of this stems from, is that we do, we all have this, what I would call, what I like to uh, paint a picture of, and for me, is is this God-shaped hole that we all have. Mm -hmm. And I mentioned earlier that we can try to fill that hole with lots of different things to varying degrees of success. Some things are so shallow, they last so momentarily. Yeah. Like in literally the moment that you are consuming it or whatever it is, like a chocolate bar or something, it's like it fills it in that moment, but it has no long lasting effect. Right. Like we're, we're, we need it again, like immediately. Right. You know, you could fill it with uh, relationships, mm-hmm. which I think work to for a much longer period of time. Right. Um, the, and maybe for your whole lifetime. Like, and yeah. yeah. I know you can't, with your worldview, you right. can't say that. I know. So, but I, I do think that. Right. Yeah. Um, so, as a Christian, for me, it's like I view that as, you know, maybe living on 90%, living on mm-hmm. whatever it is. It's like, yes, you can live a completely fulfilled, long, happy, life that you are free from right these burdens of uh needing or wanting or like just consumerism and in comparison and like all of these things that come with not knowing your identity yeah i was gonna say i think i i think like people can give you purpose yeah that's kind of what you're saying that's what we're talking about right like your family or the friends who have become family like they can give your life some sort of purpose right but ultimately, we believe that there is something deeper, deeper. than that. Yeah. Um, but if you don't believe that, like, right. I think even if you don't believe in God, like, I, I don't think you can argue that people are the most important thing, right. you know, and like that they can give you purpose and that if you're living for anything other than people, it's pretty shallow and like not worth it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I think that that goes into, I guess it's like American mindset or or I don't even know if it's American, the Western mindset, something. Yeah. Just the fact that we believe that we can be, we can fulfill ourselves. Yeah, we totally believe that. That that true freedom is doing whatever we want. Yeah. That freedom comes with my ability to choose to do what I want, when I want, with whom I want. Yeah. And- that I think is the one of the biggest lies that we are 
fed that we are told that we tell ourselves is that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I tell myself all the time. It's something that I am not. I struggle with that, even though I know what I believe (laughs) as far as like what's most important. I still am like, I just want to do my own thing. I just Mm want to like be able to go when I want to go. I want to like sit at home without having to the obligation to like hang out with people. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's a hard um, when it's so ingrained in us. Because, yeah, because it's like that feeling to obey every impulse and desire is not happiness. Right. Like, right. Like we're searching for happiness and everything that we're doing is the opposite of things that make us happy. Right. Because they're indulgent and, um, uh, well, selfish, I guess, but like it's, it's such an opposite theory or idea Mm -hmm. that self-sacrificing is most fulfilling. Right. You know, it's like something you have to fight daily constantly it's it is it's a struggle and it's hard and it's much easier to give into indulgence mm-hmm. much easier but again it's like we were talking about with the drugs you know you come down from that high the first time and you need it a little bit stronger the next time and a little bit stronger the next time and before you know it you've dug yourself into this very deep spiral that you can't get out of you know right. It's like such an opposite mindset from our culture to be self-sacrificing right? <laughs> in some way. But like that is actually like it is truly fulfilling to do things for other people yeah. with no, no question, no return. You right. know what I mean? But like we don't know that. And, and also just the fact that not only doing things for other people, but not doing things for yourself right is is a lot of times where true freedom lies yes that that lie we are tell ourselves or is fed to us of that true freedom is the abundance is the choice to do anything i ever want to do and that is whenever i'm free is that nobody can tell me no and that means that not only Basically, that leads to you being a a slave of pleasure. Yeah. A a slave to yourself. Like David Foster Wallace was saying. Right. You don't worship nothing. You worship something. And so one thing that I was thinking about is I try to look at the world through the lens of Jesus. And I try to become more like who Jesus is. And that essentially leads me to have a satisfied and fulfilled life. I guess, well, I don't know how to say this in non-Christianese, but it basically a a fulfilled life in him, like in Christ. Like, Well, if you think like all of the qualities of Jesus, all of the good qualities mm -hmm. (laughs) of people are like what Jesus exemplifies, right? So like empathy, kindness, self-sacrificing, you know, all of these things that we would consider what what people would say make you a good person. Mm -hmm. Um, That would be like what it means to like pursue Christ and like become more like him. It's just like, it's more than just being a good person, but it's it's all of these qualities that that he exemplified. Yeah. And through my experience is that when I am 
moving towards that direction, whenever I am filling that God-shaped hole with God and I am fulfilled in that, then I no longer desire or have a need for stuff. Like yeah. that that goes away. And it is it has allowed me to recognize and eliminate the things in my life that have become idols. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is that right. our stuff becomes the idol. We can't get rid of it. We need more of it. We need to buy things constantly because that has become our idol. Mm-hmm. And no, you are not sitting there thinking about worshiping your stuff. You're not thinking right. about that it, it is an idol. And there's nothing wrong to have stuff. Yeah. And it, yeah. There, and, and there's nothing inherently wrong. Right. With things. Things can 100% add to the quality of life, obviously. Like yeah. your quality of life is made better by certain things. But do your things control you? Right. Or do you control your things? Can you at any moment get rid of what everything you have? Right. Because for me, this is my thing, is that true freedom is not in having everything you want. It is being able to get rid of everything you have and still feel like a success, still feel fulfilled. Right. Well, I think a prime examples are anybody who has attained everything Mm -hmm. and anything they could ever want and then looks around is like why am i so unhappy you know because material things while they may not be inherently bad aren't the solution to like whatever's going on inside Mm -hmm. you know and it's not it's not about necessarily religion or whatever like if you I, I, I don't want it to sound like too yeah, we, religious. Be, right. it's, we it's are just, Christian. We we look at everything through our worldview of being Christians. Right. But even if you're not, right. y- you know that yeah. material things aren't going to fulfill whatever that thing is that, that you're searching for. And I think, I mean, there are just so many examples of people who have attained anything and everything they could want, who know that success and money and fame or who think success mm-hmm. and money and fame are going to bring them happiness when they achieve it. Right. And they're looking around and they're like, oh my gosh, I am so unhappy. Like, not only am I not happy, I am more unhappy than I was. Right. Because it but is so deeply disappointing yeah. to work so hard for the thing that you think is going to bring happiness. And when you get there, it did nothing. It did nothing. And that's a really hard thing to reconcile. And you have everything mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's not enough. Right. And so there, there's something like deeper, something emotional and spiritual and physical and whatever that we're all searching for. And I think the sooner you realize it cannot be fulfilled in things, mm-hmm. the better. Because it's just such a undefinable thing. Like you can't actually articulate what it is inside of you that is like not enough, that isn't like full, you know? Mm -hmm. You can't articulate it, but it's there and we all feel it. Yeah, I think if you just pay attention and you just look around and you see all these people with fame and fortune and they're like, hey, no, (laughs) Mm -hmm. this isn't it, guys. This isn't it, you know? 
I used to have a hard time believing them, you know? Mm-hmm. They'd, they'd say, like, keep your audience as small as possible. Don't do this, you know, whatever. Don't idolize like, me. Yeah. Like, well, you can say that because you got there. Right. You know what I mean? It's easy to say it's that money easy. doesn't matter whenever you have when millions you have of dollars. Millions. Exactly. And, like, everyone else is struggling to pay rent. Like, I used to be really irritated by that notion. But, I mean, the, the truth is it's true. And fame and fortune and audience size doesn't get you the thing we're all searching for. Right. And um, consumerism doesn't either. <laughs> yeah, it all goes back to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Yes. So Maslow, I don't even remember. I mean, it's a philosopher, psychologist, something. something. I don't know. All I know is his name is Maslow. And <laughs> I, that's not even his first name. Um, so basically there is a triangle. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at the base of a triangle, it is, it is wider than as you go up. The yeah. triangle gets narrower and narrower and narrower. Like the food pyramid. Right. So think of a pyramid. That's the triangle. You know, it's it's Maslow's hierarchy of needs if you want to. Look it up. Basically, the, the theory is that after our basic needs are met, money is not a contributing factor to happiness. Yeah. So... And those are only like the the bottom two sets on the, yeah, so on, like the on the triangle. So yes, so your physiological needs, so the physical things in your life, food, water, warmth, safety, security, those are the bottom two. Mm-hmm. So food, water, warmth, the, that's like the bottom. If you, money can significantly contribute to your happiness if money will bring you food, Right, if water, you can afford to eat that warmth. day. Right. Yeah. And then money will still significantly, it'll double the quality of your life if you can buy safety and security. Yeah. But then after that, it starts getting into relationships. It starts getting into Mm -hmm. self-actualization and, you know, fulfillment from within and things that money cannot buy. Money cannot buy amazing relationships. Right. So it takes very, very small amount of physical greenbacks yeah to actually be happy right but Mm. in our culture in 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 this place that we live in money is glorified yeah money has become the thing that we worship money has become our idol and we think that there is a dollar amount in which we're free there is a dollar amount in which we have achieved enlightenment yeah it's it's like a spiritual experience like that we attribute to money right success consumerism if i have enough money i can buy this amount of stuff Mm -hmm. and (laughs) that that reminds me of my dad and like his one of his top two favorite songs is a, a country song where um it says money can't buy me happiness but it can buy me a boat and a truck to pull it with yeah and it's like that I think that that actually is uh, has profound truth in it, right. even though it's a silly country song. It's like if your happiness, if you think that happiness is going to come with right. a certain dollar amount, it will never come because that dollar amount will always change. When you get there, it'll always go up. Right. It's designing the lifestyle that you want and then figuring out what you need to do to create that lifestyle. It goes back. It's just a, it's a Tim Ferriss like total Tim Ferriss like thing of you don't need a million dollars to live like a millionaire. You just need to design your life so that you can live fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And for us, for Sarah and I, we 
know what makes brings us happiness. We have never been rich. Right. We have been, we've had more money in seasons. We have less money in seasons. We have lived in New York City. We have lived in Podunk, Oklahoma. But happiness has never been brought by any of those things. Right. Happiness, fulfillment, true security, all of that has always come from centering ourselves and, and being fulfilled not through physical things. Right. It is it is being truly content with what we have. And that reminds me that of a quote that uh by Asher Roth that happiness isn't about getting what you want, it's about loving what you have. Yes. And that is so true. If you can get to a place of contentment of loving what you have, right. not desiring what you don't, that is where a lot of happiness comes from. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also, uh, I, I thought of this earlier whenever, um, well, I, don't remember, I don't remember exactly what sparked the thought, but it's funny how I'm, a, I, on the, if you are familiar with the Enneagram, <laughs> I'm an Enneagram 8. Yes. Sarah, what is the Enneagram 8's most basic desire? Uh, freedom. Correct. <laughs> My basic desire is freedom. Yeah. So I could look for freedom in doing anything and everything that I possibly want, but I've been fortunate. I've been lucky enough to be raised and to have, for some reason, had the wisdom to place myself under uh, great leadership in my 20s. Mm-hmm. That taught me the true meaning of freedom. Mm-hmm. which has brought me personal fulfillment, personal success. And I feel successful. I feel fulfilled even though I have nothing that would be considered traditional success. Other than you may, you know, you could throw in there that I, I, I moved to New York City. I live in New York City, that right. type of thing. You know, I don't want to downplay any of that. I'm not saying that I'm like right, some downtrodden like like... sackcloth wearing like person. But right, but it's, it's not... If you looked at, like, again, the traditional right. definition of success, it's not like we're, like, living it up. Yes. And, like, you know, going on expensive vacations and whatever you imagine the millionaire lifestyle to be. Right. Like, which would be the sign of success. And so for me as an Enneagram 8 to my <laughs> basic, basic uh, motivation is freedom. is freedom. My basic desire is freedom. Um, but paradoxically, mm-hmm. for me to truly be free... I have to be willing to submit myself and sacrifice because in the end, that sacrifice leads me to true freedom and not perceived freedom. Right. Because that perceived freedom is that that mindset of I can do anything. Mm-hmm. I am free from anything that, that you want me to do. I'm free from... Any and all, like I, I've all already, obligation. Yes, all obligation. I've stated it, you know, five times already in this podcast. But that also means like free from relationships. You know what I mean? Like the the there's a there's a richness and a deepness that comes with truly um, sacrificing right. for somebody else yes. or whatever. Like that's the only way to go deeper in a relationship is yeah. just to like truly love and truly sacrifice for no ulterior motive except for that love. Right. And you don't get that by looking for freedom in your relationships. Yeah. You know? (laughs) And we have been married for 10 years, and we have not been married for 10 years by being completely selfish. 
Do we have selfish not. times? Selfish, you know, moments in every day? Well, of course, yes. We're all human beings here. <laughs> but the the times whenever I am most happy, the times whenever I get the most out of my marriage to you is whenever I am sacrificing myself for you. Right. I am truly compromising i am truly giving myself over as a human to be a part of who you are and in those times are whenever number one i am happy Mm -hmm. number two i perceive that you are happy which in turn provides me with more happiness Mm -hmm. three we reduce the amount of tension in our relationship tenfold right and you know because i mean attention is caused by selfishness yeah and whenever i am not selfish whenever i truly do that that's whenever i'm most happy Mm -hmm. and that's the paradox of things something that's that is seemingly completely opposite of what it should be yes leads to what the the opposite outcome all of these things that seem like aren't truly being free right like how is it free to limit yourself how is it free to compromise how is it truly freedom to not buy the things that you want whenever you want right so but in put into practice leads to true freedom basically it's the story of of parents Mm -hmm. and children and you know as i tell the story you know if it was for the metaphor uh the parents are the universe uh, essentially and we are the children and Whenever you're a kid, when you're a teenager and you start to receive more freedom and, you know, now you have a car and you're going out and you're doing things and your parents say, hey, be back by 11. You know, as the kid, you're like, no, yeah, I'll do what I want. <laughs> I am free. I have my own car. I have my own choices. I'm, I am my own person. I will do what I want when I want for whom I want. I'm not coming back at 11. Mm-hmm. When you do that, what happens? Your parents take more control of your life right they say okay you're not gonna be back home from 11 then you're not going out at all you don't have the car anymore you don't have this these things that you think bring you happiness and 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 uh, contribute to your freedom are now gone you're grounded Mm -hmm. you know whatever it is however you're punished in those moments (laughs) yeah but say okay i respect these limits that Mm -hmm. have been put on my life because i know that even though i don't understand them or even like them. Or like them. That wisdom is putting them in place. Yeah. And now you come home at 11. And, you're, and if you don't come, if you're late, you call. And you let them know, hey, you know, I, I accidentally stayed too late. And I'm going to be 10 minutes late or whatever. Then you do that 10 more times. You're home at 11. And you're, you know, and if you're late, you call. You are obeying the limits and respecting the wisdom that has been placed on your life then your parents give you more freedom they're Mm -hmm. like because you have submitted yourself because you have compromised because you have sacrificed we are now going to allow you more freedom Mm -hmm. i think that that perfectly illustrates the universe yeah that whenever those things are presented you know those limits those rules mm-hmm. when we act like petulant children <laughs> and 
you know, rage against the uh, the limits that could possibly be put on our life because mm-hmm. I am a human, I'm an adult, I'll do what I want. Those things actually then become our slavery. Those things right. become the things that hold us back from truly becoming a fulfilled, content human being. Right. Well, I think obviously, again, it's more of like a internal, emotional, heart issue, whatever mm-hmm. you want to say. Like... um, knowing your values and like not buying into a system of whatever that goes against your values. Like if you value people or whatever, um, (laughs) you're, you shouldn't buy into a system that exploits and manipulates people. Like that's just, that doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? And so it doesn't make sense. It makes many, many dollars. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So I think like just knowing like, what do you truly value and like what are your actions saying every day are they saying what you value or is it is it opposite it's like how i was talking in the social media podcast about like i don't want as a consumer i don't want to buy into a system that i do not believe represents me right um And I think that that's it. Like you have to be self-aware and you have to ask yourself the hard questions of like, what do you truly deep, deep down value Mm -hmm. and be honest about that and then look at your actions and recognize and point out like, oh, this doesn't represent that. What I'm doing here doesn't represent my value and having the courage to change Mm -hmm. your habits, um, to change what you're doing to represent your values you know because again if you value people at all you shouldn't be complicit in a system that exploits and manipulates them yeah and they're doing the same thing to you too it's not just other people it's you like do you want to are you cool with being manipulated i guess is the question because that's exactly what is happening whether you realize it or not yeah you know that's what I think. Yes. And I think that that is a perfect segue into what I think I you know want to move this conversation. In, yes, in, I planned in, this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a professional. <laughs> I'm good at transitions. <laughs> um, values, personal yeah. values, per- participating in a system. That you don't believe. That is so against who you are. Yeah. This is the conversation that we've been having. This, like, I, we just had this hour-long conversation to illustrate, to to put on the table our what our what our values are, what our yeah. convictions are in in that thing. Right. Those core beliefs lead us to feel so, I guess, neglected by the system mm-hmm. that is that it has been built out of the art that we are creating right because we create art weekly Mm -hmm. to put on youtube to put on podcast platforms Mm -hmm. to put on photo platforms right and all of these platforms run and thrive off of consumerism it is all about selling the ideal that you are unfulfilled you are unhappy until you buy this thing. Right. Until you do these things. 
It's selling this lifestyle and perpetuating a system of which you are telling people that what they have is not enough. Yeah, I think I think you and I, I think we've felt for a while kind of stuck where we're at um, as far as like we're making these videos, making these podcasts that people seem to really enjoy. Like we get good feedback right. and um, people are seeming to enjoy what we're putting out there. Um, but the I think the problem where we feel stuck is that the way to make money in this business mm-hmm. <laughs> is advertising and is participating, participating in, the in the system and is maybe compromising a piece of who you are mm-hmm. um, in order to pay the bills. And I don't think either of us can really justify that. I, I think, I, I mean, we've talked about this I don't even know how many times just like, okay, well, how else can we make money? How can we continue putting these things out um, that people seem to like that we love making? Mm -hmm. Um, And also, you know, not, you know, be so stressed about money and things like that. Like, um, because we just, for our own conscience, (laughs) can't, like sacrifice or or compromise like our belief and i think we've just felt really stuck for a long time in that um but we are starting to i think maybe the because we're having the conversations and because we're asking the questions and being honest and open about it like starting to sort of find our footing in like who we are and what we create and um you know just learning how to be more authentic in that and like not compromising on the internet Mm -hmm. because I don't even I guess it's a thing I I don't know you know like there's not a lot of examples I guess is what I'm saying um to look at (laughs) because because we live in America because we are where we are and we do what we do it's like it's been hard to find solutions I guess yeah and to specifically lay it out there the system that is in place is to, you know, for us to create our art, to gather an audience around liking the art that we create, and then selling things to our to you, right. to the audience. That right. we create art and then we become marketers. We right. become these people that are telling you that about these, a product about a product. And, and participating in a consumeristic society, in a consumeristic system of saying that you should buy these things. Regardless if I'm saying that you are unfulfilled until you buy this, because right. obviously I would n- never I, do that. And I don't think most people believe that. Yeah. You know, but uh, the truth is, is that you're still promoting something that maybe you don't necessarily believe in. Right. Or... Uh, whether that's the product itself or the the system. Yeah. Um, and I think we've just come to the, the conclusion that we can't, you know? Yeah. Well, okay. Sarah and I, I specifically, mm-hmm. but Sarah, you know, I'll let you speak for yourself, but I never buy things. Right. I rarely ever buy things. Right. I have like, I have a couple pairs of shoes that I've had for a long time. Yes. I have one pair of jeans and a backup pair for whenever I have to get my primary pair repaired. 
Yeah. Or I have to go to laundry. Yeah. And I have like 10 shirts. Right. Or something. And then socks and underwear. That's all I have. And then obviously outerwear jackets. But. But even in that, you only have one jacket. Right. And so it's like. I, that's what I have. That's all I need. I don't, I don't have any desire. I don't have any, uh, nothing about going out and shopping and getting these things and and buying new things all the time fulfills me. It's not something that is ever inside me that I need to do. I mean, I think even in, even in terms of your gear, like you've been very intentional and minimal about that. Like the reason you did so much research to find your new camera and then you were like, wait, what am I even doing? Mm-hmm. I have my Canon lenses. I like Canon. I'm just going to upgrade to the 6D Mark II. Why am I even worrying about it? Like right. this works for me. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it. But it's there were so many people online yeah. who were talking crap about that camera and saying how it's a terrible camera and blah blah blah. And I was letting myself be influenced by media. Right. And the fact that, well, I mean, I can't I can't buy that camera because then what do people think about me you know whatever like however those thought processes go but that's not who i am right and it's like gear is what what you make of it right you don't need all all of the things right and that's why whenever i make like review videos and i make you know because i do like sharing my experience of what you know my uh, of what happened like how i felt whenever i was using the, the the things you know what was right with it what was wrong with it that type of stuff but i never talk about that this is the camera that you need what i talk about is this is the thing that that filled my needs right in filmmaking in podcasting in whatever these are these are this is the thing that checked the most boxes for the needs that i have but my needs might not be the same as your needs so don't like if my if our needs are similar then this is actually a great product right and that's the thing is i only want to talk about products that I truly use, truly love, and truly think are going to bring value to your life. Like this this table that we are sitting at right now recording this podcast is amazing. I right. love this table. I bought it a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And I would still, every like if somebody was talking about the best coffee table, if somebody wanted to know what table we had, I would say 100% this is the best coffee table for not only small spaces, for any space, because it's just so functional. And right. it looks good. Like, to me, those are the only times whenever I truly feel like I am doing you, as the audience, a favor. A f- like, not I am providing value to right. you by sharing these things, because these are things that I think can actually not make you happy, but they can fulfill a need in your life. Right. That you have a small space and you don't have room for a, din- a dining room table and a coffee table. Oh, well, I... Look at this thing I found. I happen to find this thing. Yeah. I happen to have used this thing and I happen to love it. And I think that it is a perfect solution for that type of problem. Right. So those are things that I I, I have no issue right. with it's sharing. Not a, it's not about not promoting things you love. Right. It's just about not promoting things. Yes. But... <laughs> If I want to actually make a living creating the art that I'm creating, putting the amount of work that I put into all of our videos in these podcasts, if I want to actually receive like compensation for that, I guess, to be able to continue to create these things, 
I have to figure out a way to make money right. doing them because right now we are making very, 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 very little money doing right. this. Right. And, but I want to continue doing it because I feel that one, I love doing it. This is, this, it, it is the concentric circles of my passions. Yeah. Like if Cody could be defined. <laughs> it is doing what I'm doing right now. Yeah. But it, but in the way I have not, uh, I have not, I have not monetized right. what I'm doing to the fullest extent of which I could be monetizing it because the way that the system is currently in place for me to be able to monetize it is so opposite yeah. of my moral compass right. that, you know, you get these companies who email you, mm-hmm. hey, can you talk about this product on your podcast? Can you talk about this product in a video? Can you make a review video and we'll pay you this amount of money? That type of thing. I say no to almost everything. Mm-hmm. The only products we have talked about on this podcast are things that we actually use. Right. These things, those products are things that I I want to share. I would share them even if they weren't paying me. Right. That type of stuff. But I say no to almost everything. Right. Because I do not want to promote things just to promote them. I do not want to tell you to buy things just to buy them. And the reason I am living in my concentric circle of passions right now is an, another reason for that is the alternative to doing what I'm doing right now is the most likely option is to go work at a creative agency. Mm-hmm. But what a creative agency does is they make commercial art to sell crap. And for me, making a sweet Nike ad, making a working on a, a, an, an ad for Apple would be amazing. Like, right doing that would be so fun it would be so fulfilling in that moment but at the end of the day all it is is telling you that you should buy more shoes it's telling you that last year's model is not good enough that you should go buy things and i don't want to be a part of a system that promotes consumeristic tendencies consumeristic lifestyle that's not what i want to be a part of i cannot be fulfilled going to work in a commercial art agency mm-hmm. and use my talents gifts and abilities to sell shoes i just can't do it <laughs> i can't i'm only laughing because you've really just um obliterated all of our options in the future <laughs> <laughs> I, it's in that i'm not saying that that would never happen but i will tell you this that if it uh, if it happens if i yeah stop doing this stuff and i go work for a creative agency if i even create a creative agency it's not because I'm doing what I believe in. Mm-hmm. It is It is because I d- could not figure out a way to create a living yeah. making pure art. Right. And at the end of the day, I still have to fill those bottom two rings of the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And I still have to provide food, water, heat, shelter for myself and for my wife. Right. And if that means I have to sacrifice you know, some of my, uh, compass, some of my moral like obligations, then that's something that I will, I will personally have to deal with. Right. That's something that I will have to wrestle with. But I will tell you this, I will try my absolute hardest. I will try anything I can possibly think of to remain outside of a system Mm -hmm. that I think hurts way more people than it actually helps. Right. Because it has no 
meaning where commercial art while it may be beautiful mm-hmm. while it may be fun sometimes has no deeper meaning than selling you crap and i do not want to be a part of a system that sells you crap you just get so i'm not laughing at you you just get so passionate <laughs> it's it's the core of who i am like i know i'm not i'm not arguing with you it's just funny to me cuz you're like just so um convicted i yes, guess yes exactly <laughs> My convictions will not let me sell crap to people. Like sell my time, energy, resources, giftings, and passions to sell material crap. Okay. Not about that life. (laughs) I feel like we should comment on the crap. (laughs) It's a bunch of crap. Sometimes crap is fun. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, absolutely. Like, I don't want. Obviously, ha- we we're not about literally having nothing. Yeah, I, mean, I don't want to have. We have things that entertain us. Whatever. Yes, you have. I have a need for a pair of shoes because it hurts to walk around <laughs> barefoot. Right. But you know what? I don't have a need for more shoes. <laughs> My shoes are fine. I have a couple uh, different colors. You know, just in case I wanted to spice things up. <laughs> but ultimately, they are still together. They're not falling apart. I don't need any more shoes. You're right. I don't. My shirts are fine. You're right. <laughs> but we should probably <laughs> get no. off your soapbox. <laughs> no, I am. I'm going to put another crate on top of here. I'm going to get even higher and yell it to the people in the back. <laughs> I appreciate your intensity. Well, I maybe that's it. You're just very intense about it. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just intense. That's all. I appreciate it. Yeah. I respect it. It's just one of my core beliefs. It is very much. And so that leads me to this whole thing of what we're creating. I love what I'm creating. Yeah. I think what I'm creating right now has a purpose outside myself. Mm-hmm. It also brings me true artistic fulfillment. Mm-hmm. I believe that what I am doing lies within the spiritual God-given gifts that I have. And so I do not want to adulterate it <laughs> with selling you shoes. <laughs> so, as you can tell, I'm very passionate. So that's leading us into the future of what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And brings us to the announcement that <laughs> announcement. <laughs> we uh, alluded to in the beginning um, over an hour ago. Um <laughs> Thanks for sticking around, guys. And if you have stuck around this far, I mean, truly this announcement, it really is for you. um, That instead of trying to monetize you, our audience, by selling and advertising things to you that you don't need, we're starting a premium membership club through Patreon, but... We are calling it the Jensen AV Club. Which is, I think, a very clever <laughs> So the Jensen AV. Fun. Yes, the Jensen AV Club um, is a, like I said, it is a, a membership platform. It is a, a thing that we have created for you. Number one is that if you love what we're doing and you want us to be able to continue to put out the videos and put out the podcast that we love doing and we hope bring you value and you want to be a part of ensuring our future and ensuring that we're able to continue doing these things and to 
you know, help us in, in whatever ways it is a, it is a way for you to do that is, is, is to become a member of the Jensen AV club, but it also is a way for us to show our appreciation through that by giving you deeper access, giving you exclusive content, um, and giving you more, more value value. And so through the Jensen AV club, which you can go visit, um, right now by going to Jensen AV dot club, it yeah. will take you over to, um, our Patreon page and you can join the Jensen AV club for $5 and that will give you access to our AV club only post and polls. And we'll also give you a by name shout out on uh, the podcast the first time that you sign up. You can, but we also have, we have five different tiers starting at $5. Yeah. Um, a $9 tier gets you 24 early, 24 hour early access to each episode of Deeply Curious. It could be more than 24 hours. Then you also have access to Sarah's monthly newsletter with exclusive writings and resources. So this is going to be um, basically deeper thoughts on some things that maybe we talked about on the podcast or a video that we made um just or why we decided to talk about what we talked right. about or and then you also get access to monthly bonus content uh, so behind the scenes uncut footage bloopers etc plus the five dollar uh crew perks and uh i believe the the first piece of bonus content a little teaser um Ooh. that i'm going to put out for the month of february if is the full panel video from the creator pop-up that we did mm -hmm. a few months ago where we had a uh, a creator panel with everybody asking us questions and things like that and i only put in 25 seconds of that into a video i'm going to put out the entire uh video of that panel and that'll be for the nine dollar tier and above that's the av staff um the five dollar tier is the av crew and then moving up to $14, you will be a, a, a Jensen AV associate producer. And in here, you will get access to our monthly AV Club only Q&A live stream, where we're going to answer questions exclusively from AV Club members. And so only people that have joined the associate producer level and above will be able to view this uh, live stream live and also we will post it afterwards if you can't make the live stream you'll still be able to watch it you also get early access to future topics and ideas so you can contribute to the conversations that we have here um, and also you'll be just ask questions that we will answer on the podcast and uh it may, it may be in videos too. Yeah, so, so it's more of a give and take we get to have real conversations right yeah. and so you know prime example of that would be we would post on the Patreon only page for the associate producer tiers and above. Hey, we're talking about consumerism on to, on uh, this week's podcast. What are some questions you have or some thoughts that you have on consumerism? And then on the podcast, we would be able to say, Hey, one of our associate producers, Jim Bob said, you know, this about it or asked this question. And then we talk about it. Spark some ideas. Um, you also get associate producer credit on one podcast episode and one video per month. So at the beginning of the episode, we will um, name you as one of the associate producers and also be in the end credits of a video once per month, which then segues into the AV producer tier. At $40 a month, you become an official producer of the podcast and YouTube channel. You will be giving you producer credit at the beginning of every podcast episode and at the end of every video. 
Yes. So at the beginning of every episode of Deeply Curious, we will say, you know, what our names are. And this podcast is also brought to you by the Jensen AV Club producers, Jim Bob, Joe Bob, and Jerry Bob. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You also get AV Club exclusive swag every three months. So every three months, we're going to actually make something. Yeah. Um, whether that is. I'm pretty excited about that. You know, it could be a, a shirt, could be a mug, hoodie, you know, Some whatever stickers. it is, is stickers, something, something physical will be mailed to you um, on the third month of your patronage yep. um, of, of joining the AV Club and then every three months following. We also get all the all the perks of every tier before that. Um, and then the last tier is the a, is an AV Club director. And so this is for $150 a month. You get a monthly one-on-one coaching session with myself or with Sarah, and we can talk about anything, anything you bring to the table, filmmaking, podcasting, life, business, Enneagram. It's it's whatever you want to have a one-on-one session with one of us about, you'll be able to do that monthly. And we do offer coaching outside of Patreon, but if you join the Patreon and you're committing to you know a monthly thing, you actually are getting a discount on our normal consulting slash coaching uh, fees per hour. Yeah. Then you also get the perks of everything before that. So um, that is a breakdown of the Jensen AV Club. AV stands for audiovisual, by the way. (laughs) Um, If you were not a nerd. I think junior uh, high. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So one thing we put on our uh, a, uh, if you go to jensenav.club, one of the things you'll see is that the AV Club sign-up sheet is on the bulletin board outside the cafeteria. Uh, or you can just click the Become a Patron button on the right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. That's it. It's just an opportunity, I think, to um, continue being able to do what we're doing without um, selling out. <laughs> yeah. And um, if you... Light, if you believe in what we're doing, if you believe in us, um, we very, very great, greatly appreciate it. Right. Um, if you can't give, though, that's fine, too. Like, right. It's it's not a plea. It's right. it's, it's an option. Um, because I think we just really we really want to make sure that we are giving our very best mm-hmm. to the videos and podcasts that we put out, the art that we put out. Um, and I think the way to do that is to. Find other ways that we don't have to compromise, you know. Right. So thank you guys um, so much for being a part of this journey that we're on and being a part of this community. And thank you for going to JensenAV.club and checking out the member perks. And thank you for those of you who are going to become a member. Uh, We really, really appreciate it. And we are excited to build this this AV club together yeah, and build this community and, and be, do these, uh, you know, see where this goes. Yeah. Cause we have, we have plans. We have big plans. We have goals and things that we want to do with our channel and with our podcast. But in order to do those things, we have to be able to survive as, as artists. Yeah. And you know, like this whole thing is about, <laughs> we don't want to survive as artists by selling you crap. Yeah. We want to, you know, keep it as pure as we can yeah. and only talk about the products that we truly think are going to bring value to your life, not products that, hey, we'll pay you X amount of dollars if you'll tell people about our face cream. So, <laughs> right. 
you know, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a kind of a weird, um, I think, spot that we're in. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how to talk about this stuff. <laughs> like, it's kind of weird um, just like figuring all of this out because it's all new. But I am really excited for the AV Club, I think. Um, just like, again, the the deeper access, the like uh, exclusive, whatever you want to call it. Like, mm-hmm. I, I am excited to see what we can build with it right? and with you guys. So yeah. Anyway, so it's it. all so, an experiment. We appreciate your love and your feedback. Yeah. And your ideas. So join us over on Jensen A V dot club. And we're gonna wrap up here and we'll uh see you on the next episode where we potentially could be brought to you by members of the Jensen Jerry A V Club. Bob. Yep. And Joe Bob. <laughs> and Jim Bob. And Jim Bob. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, Again, check us out over at JensenAV.club. Bye. Bye.